The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. My very nice close friend who's such a nice person decided to sleep with my boyfriend. Creative energy sometimes comes from the lowest point in your life. Did you just fart in my face? No. <gasps> What's the matter, sweetie? Mom, can I come in bed with you? Talk to me. What is so great about you is that you are unapologetically yourself on that stage, and that's why people love you. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I am Tobin Addington. And today we have another very special guest with us tonight, today, whatever, whenever you're listening to this show. Uh, we have a, a good friend of the show and a fabulous writer and a, and a movie connoisseur, Gabby Patterson. Hi, Gabby. Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah. Aislinn, what are we going to be talking about today? Tonight, we are talking about Obvious Child from 2014. And mm-hmm. I couldn't be happier to talk Yay. about it. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll start with my own history because I'm the one talking. Um, Tobin sent me the trailer for this movie saying, I think this is up your alley. Um, in 2013, and then I waited ever so patiently till it came to the smallest big screen um, in the in the town I was in at the time. Uh, I've been a Jenny Slate fan for a very long time, so I was um, super excited by that. And then uh, at the time, I was also, you know, like many, had was just coming off uh, the Office, and so um, I was aware of Jake. His name is Jake, right? Yeah. Um. As well, so I I I was jazzed before I saw it. So I'm I am thoroughly biased. Um, what about uh, the two of you, Gabby? What, how did you get introduced to this movie? You know, I was um, working as the creative writing director for a startup here, and um, I was writing movie reviews as part of um, my many strange tasks. And um, uh, as soon as I saw the trailer too, I, I said, you know, I have to do this. I mean, hilarious abortion comedies are totally my bag. So yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember um, the movie from when it came out. I, I have a, I should disclose, I suppose a, a, a little bit of a bias for this movie. The DP of this movie, Chris Teague was in film school with me. We went to, to grad school together. Um, and so I sort of knew, I didn't know you, you were, we weren't close enough for me to know this was happening as it was happening. But then as it was sort of making its way through the festivals, I was sort of aware of it. I had not seen it since it came out. So this is like, it's been a long time since I had, since I had watched it. Um, and so I'm really excited to, cause I, I, you, you watch it. Do you watch it regularly? Is this one you, you come back to regularly or no? I, I do. And, and I think even more than that, I would say the reason that I don't is that I so often lend it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so there are, you know, there are times that I think, oh, I'd like to see this, but, but someone has it because I, there, there are so many things I appreciate about it. Don't worry. I have critiques. They'll come out, but, <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I just, there's, there's so much about it that, that I think is fantastic. Um, and it is short and mm-hmm. for a feature, mm-hmm. yeah. um, 
and I my one of my favorite podcasts other than this one um, is How Did This Get Made? And they, you know, talk about a, a rule of thumb of, you know, less than 90 minutes usually means something. And I think in this case, it doesn't. I think in this case, it's perfect. I mean, isn't something like 86? I mean, it's, it's yeah, almost there. Yeah. 84, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so I, for me, not only is, is the, the, do I find so much of the content um, important and delightful, which is hard to do at the same time, but uh, it's accessible in that, you know, it's not, it's not going to be my whole night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's very concise. I watched the, I'd never watched the short before, um, but I watched oh, it yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and um it was so much less, which is very cool to see. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was just the seed of an idea. I feel like those 84 minutes are, you know, nothing. I really feel like not a whole lot is wasted. You know, they're yeah. good uh, moments. Agreed. So. Agreed. Well, I'm just, you know, chomping at the bit here. So let's do our other uh, organizing moments. Tobin, before we fully get into this, would you give us two bits of history, please? Sure. So two, two tiny bits of film history. The first is that the film was traditionally funded, meaning as an independent film through various production companies and raising money here and there. And from uh, whenever you watch a movie and you see at the beginning, a whole bunch of logos come up. It's because usually because the funding has come from a whole different variety of places. And that was the case with this. But they when they got into Sundance, they didn't quite have enough money to do the post-production that they needed to do to do the sound mixing uh, and and some of the last minute editing and things like that to the level that they thought they had to do. And so they did a Kickstarter uh, to fund the the post-production, the last end of the post-production on this movie. And apparently one of the like um, rewards for people who donated was that Jenny Slate would do voicemail message, outgoing voicemail messages on people's phones or answering machines um, and, and would do like impressions of people or, or what sort of whatever they wanted. And uh, so I think that's what, what a great idea <laughs> when you have somebody as talented as she is sort of uh, you know, on, on the, on the payroll here. Um, the other thing is that it just blows me away is that they shot this movie in 18 days, which is a very, very small amount of time. Uh, I, I would have guessed that a movie like this, an indie movie with, you know, uh, 15 to 20 locations and, you know, maybe, maybe 25 days, maybe 22 days, but 18 is remarkably small for a, for a, uh, and for a movie that looks as good as this one does. Um, so kudos to, uh, my friend Chris for, uh, nice. I mean, not just him, obviously I don't mean to call out the, the man on this, on this show, but I, that's, um, <laughs> but, but to, really uh, praised him too. They do. They do. And, and, yeah. and I think that, uh, that's, um, but speaking of not the men on this uh, <laughs> on this movie, Aizen, who are the ladies in charge, women involved in major Gillian. roles in Obvious Child? Director, Gillian Robespierre. Writers, Gillian Robespierre, Karen Maine, Elizabeth Holm, and Anna Bean. Actors, Jenny Slate, Gabby Hoffman, and Polly Draper. And producers, Louisa Conlon, Julia Godzinskaya, Elizabeth Holm, Susan Lieber, Gillian Robespierre, Jenny Slate, and Sophie Vickers. Oh, that was tough, folks. I do apologize <laughs> to all those people for mispronouncing their names. Um, as an Iceland in the world, uh, I empathize and I apologize. I'm, I think you got Karen Maine just right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, speaking of getting things just right, Tobin, could we have a little plot summary? This is what I've got for you. 
Blindsided by a bad breakup, a soon-to-be-out-of-work stand-up comic named Donna, played by the incomparable Jenny Slate, has a drunken one-night stand with a nice guy named Max, played by Jake Lacey, and ends up pregnant. The film then follows Donna's next two weeks leading up to her abortion scheduled for Valentine's Day as she struggles to navigate the murky waters of independent adulthood with the help of her friends, played by Gabby Hoffman and Paul Briganti, and occasionally her parents, played by Polly Draper and Richard Kind. In the end, Donna realizes that growing up isn't about facing things all alone, but rather allowing herself to accept and trust the love and support of everyone on her team. Ah, excellent job. Thanks. That's nice. I love that you too did not put any more weight on the word abortion than any other word. <laughs> yeah, in this film, it's sort of like the. It reminds me of the uh, when people talk about Brokeback Mountain as the gay cowboy movie, which. Okay, sure. Like it's got gay cowboys in it, <laughs> but like that's not what that movie's about, you know. And that this is even less mm-hmm. about abortion than that movie's about gay cowboys. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it does. It does. When people talk about it as the abortion movie, I'm like, oh well. I mean, to, to to differentiate it from other movies, I suppose. But yeah, it is of of the romantic comedy genre. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the subgenre it, of uh, right. It would be the yes, the abortion <laughs> comedy. I. Um, I like I've heard Jenny Slate talk about it as as a romantic comedy where, as you know, part of it, a young woman has a guilt free abortion and like keeps. But it's never like the end of the sentence. She's able to keep it going so that whatever the next question is, it would be really difficult for them to to sort of um, zero in on that. But um, knowing that. well, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know anything. I know that I love this movie. I feel like other people in the room do too. Um, <laughs> has anyone else seen their their other, well, at least one other collaboration of these, of Landline? these ladies? Landline, yeah. Did you see Landline? I did. I, I saw did part too. of it. I actually didn't finish it. I'm not going to lie. It was a little I, disappointing to me. How did you feel about yeah. it? I, I did. I agree. So sorry. Now, <laughs> you can cut this out, too, because um, it's a different movie. Um, right. I, I think um, I, I would say to folks, if if you, you know, loved this, check that out. And if you leave partway through, that's OK. It's not it's not the same tone. It disappointed me because I love the 90s and it was, you know, sold to me as. Like a, a you know a '90s movie, but not made in the '90s. Yeah, it didn't have the reverence that for it seemed like more of a parody than. Yes, I, don't know. I agree. I agree. Um, and maybe it's just their approach is not what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, but I, I I don't think it's bad. But given the chance, I would always watch this one again. So let's just keep talking about this one then. Okay, <laughs> is that your critique <laughs> of this movie? Is that the follow up wasn't as good? Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the way this movie starts. Every time this movie starts, I, the smile on my face is so ridiculous because it. I I think it tells you exactly who she is and exactly kind of where this movie is going to sit in its reverence and its honesty and its bluntness. And I love that. Yeah, I feel the same way. I was thinking about, um, I mean... I, I, and I also listened to the commentary, which I never do, but um, this was really interesting. Um, and just talking, to, listening to them talk about the desire to, you know, the same thing as everybody, the desire to see yourself represented. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like these are real women 
with real underwear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, I just feel like what a breath of fresh air, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, that I really appreciated that, you know, and for sure, this is a, a privileged circumstance in lots sure. of ways. Um, but it is a view of young, you know, single women that we don't get to see and for sure i love a good poop and fart joke i mean it just makes me so happy <laughs> and i and i think these women are the same way so yeah, another cool thing is that there uh, um she is she feels kind of as fully realized on stage as she wants to be in real life but f- you know she feels in some ways in her real life, like she's well, real life, her offstage life as if she's floating a little, you know, she loses her job. She had this, this is like I said, blindsided by this, by this breakup that she's, she's sort of flailing. And, and so she brings that to the stage, but, we, but when she is on stage in her comedy, she feels, um, uh, it's almost like self aspirational, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Self-possessed for sure. She's yeah, definitely yeah. a different person on stage right. than she is, which is a cool thing to look at that you can be somewhat, you know, you can be fully self-possessed in your, in the work that you love and, and autonomous and strong and uh, confident and know who you are, come from a place of authenticity and just be a total fuck up. And wait, am I allowed to swear (laughs) on this? Uh, Yes. You're encouraged. In fact, good. Great. Well, I don't need to be too encouraged, but um, (laughs) yeah, you know, just be, I mean, a complete wreck in the rest of your life or or be human, I guess, in the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I also liked the way they allowed her even in like, I agree all those things. Um, they allowed her to have a bad set when she had a bad set mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, that those parts of having been in some rooms, having been in some open mic rooms, <laughs> um, in, in my, in my forgotten youth, like, like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> like there is, there is awkwardness in that. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. the, portrayal and I want to say especially in this era where uh I think stand-up had a real moment maybe over but in the last you know decade or or so where um there was this real cachet to being a comedian I think I don't know again maybe it's because I was in those rooms but um so much content coming out Mm -hmm. blah, blah 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 um I liked how it was kind of a dark dingy bar and you didn't know necessarily if you were going to go up or not and there was camaraderie but there was also like those assholes that are always there and you know I, I just the I felt the, the comedy part felt authentic to me as well and so kind of when you merge the you know lady bits with the comedy bits it it, it really rang true I thought it's a total dream totally mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just- this is just going to be a love fest. I feel bad. I feel like I, I know, should have picked something. Maybe. Okay, so the <laughs> next part that I love. And then we can all talk about the next part you love. Um, she's blindsided at the bar. She gets dumped. She has, a, you know, drunken voicemails. Um, we we meet her roommate and, and, and best friend. And then she's standing outside her yes. boyfriend's apartment, her ex-boyfriend's apartment or, or the, the, his new girlfriend. I don't know whose apartment it was, but for me, her dialogue to herself about, okay, I'm going to take three sips of coffee and then I'll go or all the, all that, those mind game things. Oh my totally. gosh. Does that resonate? Whether it's okay. I'm going to take three breaths and then I'm going to get up in the morning or, I mean, it's not, and not, I mean, not just in a lurking X way, but 
in just convincing myself to do anything. Yeah, yeah if on the third sip, the door opens. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, it was ahead. just it was just uh, really natural. That was actually the first scene mm-hmm. that they shot, and I feel like uh, I too love that mm-hmm. scene and how she dives and what she's doing with her fingers as she's talking to herself. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like she, I mean, it just feels really real. It's, you know, I appreciated that too. What else did you love, Isla? <laughs> well, I mean, I we're coming up on my my first critique, which is very me. When they were peeing outside, here's why that doesn't work for me. Okay. She was wearing pants very clearly in the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I, if you know me, you know I don't enjoy urinating outside, but I'll do it if I have to. Um, so, in order to get into a position in which she's not peeing on her clothes, her ass has to be out so far that they could not be standing that close to each other without her. She was worried about him peeing on her. I would be worried about her peeing on him. And then like, I don't know. And cause I don't think it was on purpose, but like she's talking. And so he looks back at one point, there is no way he's not seeing like a ghost white moon at that point. <laughs> that is my critique. I love that. That's your critique of that's, this movie. Is the, that's the, the one physical critique. geography. <laughs> Truthfully. <laughs> I'm not a, an outside urinator either, uh, but <laughs> I do have friends that are. I feel like when you're well-practiced at that, which I think she is because she talks about it so much, you, you can just whip them down. Like you have a system. Sure. You know? Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm not practiced enough to. Yeah. And I never to, will be, so yeah. we'll never know. But <laughs> I bet that's right. It does feel like it's a skill she comes to, to the table with in this movie. Like it's, it's not that's a, true. you know, this, this is maybe new for him, not new for her. <laughs> I do feel like the, the positioning, you know, maybe was not the, the a, a natural choice, but it made the joke so funny. It did. It did. And her rea- both of their reaction. Oh, it's the best. He's like, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, so yes, I often say I have to live in a world where farting is funny. Yes. <laughs> I just have I mean, to. Is farting there any on other world? Date. Come on. <laughs> Uh, we, so since we're now a few scenes into the movie, can we take this opportunity to talk about Jenny Slate and her performance in this movie overall? Yes. Because I think she is amazing in this movie. What did yes. you think? Shit. <laughs> I thought she was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. I really thought she was amazing. Um, you know, again, I, I think that the representation of a real woman, a woman who doesn't wear bras and makeup to bed, a woman who, you know, um, I, I, in fact, seeing this short in comparison to the feature today, um, I can see how much she added actually Mm. the collaboration with her. Um, I mean, she really brought it because there was no stand-up comedy in the first, in the short, it wasn't even a, um, you know, but she, I mean, and I just think she's one of those women specifically in this as she's rendered in this film that, you know, just feels like your best friend, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, very, very genuine and all the stuff with her. I mean, and totally neurotic too, you know, there, there was yeah. no perfection there. So mm-hmm. that always makes me feel better. <laughs> I love that relationship. You, you just mentioned her as a friend. Um, and, and okay, here's another critique. I don't always Love Gabby Hoffman. Oh, well, thank goodness. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> um, and as a, you know, as a 
someone who grew, grew, you know, grew up in the nineties, she was everywhere. And I accepted that. Um, (laughs) But in this, yeah, I loved her. I loved their relationship and their intimacy. I thought was outstanding Mm -hmm. and their chemistry. I mean, probably more than her chemistry with, with the Max character. Um, because they, uh, they do know each other so well and they're, and they're so, you know, supportive and, um, all that when they're in, in the bathroom at the bookstore, they're taking the pregnancy test and going to the bathroom in front of each other, talking about all these things. Like it just is so real, so intimate and, and felt like home. It felt very warm and sweatery, which also, cause they were all wearing sweaters, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, there's some, something about that that also, um, I think, added some authenticity to it of uh, when, you know, for, I don't know, I hope that everyone has a relationship like that, or at least has had one at some time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just, she can relax completely yeah. with that other person. Right. And then all, when they're having the discussion at the dinner table after um, Max, uh, she knows she's pregnant. She has the plan. She sees Max at the bookstore when she's inside a box, mm-hmm. which is great. Like, I mean, although tiny, tiny adult human jokes, not always. I'm like, okay, some of us don't fit in the boxes. But um, <laughs> Gabby Hoffman hears that. And then they're having this discussion at the dinner table about whether or not Max has a right to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the specific part of it. It's not like, should I tell him or not? But there's a there's kind of a nugget of, of is there an obligation maybe to tell him? And she gets so fired up mm-hmm. and she knows she's fired up. Yeah, yeah. And they may not agree with her, but they accept her. Like, it's not a fight. It's a, I don't know. There's just something that's so rang true about like solid friendship for like, okay, I know that this person escalates in this way. And I'm going to let them do that. And then we're going to continue the conversation. Like, you know what I mean? There wasn't a, I could see it written and or directed another way where like, that was what they fought about. But right. no, it was just, it's a really complex issue. And what's right for one person might not be right for the other, but people have very strong feelings about it. And 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 I, I liked that they did that in that moment with those people without making the whole movie about that and without making their whole friendship about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and I think be with, I mean, that's, it's everywhere in this movie, just like people accepting, um, you know, another human being exactly where they are, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that the observation is that, um, and they're able to laugh at, you know, they're, they, they know intuitively that this is like a circumstance where they can laugh her out of this. And I trusted them with that, you know, but like, they know what, that there's something else wrapped up in this for her, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not lost on anybody. And I think, I mean, I think that that's why they let it go. I mean, that's why it runs itself out because they, they, they can see clearly that, Oh, you know, this is her thing that she's got going on and it doesn't have anything Mm -hmm. to do with me. And, you know, that's a good friend that doesn't, you know, make it about them all the time. Right. Right. (laughs) And I, and it leads to, (laughs) I think, (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I'm a very selfish friend. Tobin will tell you. Oh, I mean, I, I have a whole thing I talk about all the time with students about how we use that word wrong. Which one? Yeah. We all need, will you tell me? Selfish. Will you tell, we all need yeah. to be more selfish. Cause the, it, and I've, I know that I, I said it on the last podcast, I'm almost certain, because I've been saying it a lot lately because I'm trying so hard to do better at it. 
what does the world look like if we all treated ourselves the way we treated the person we love the most? Well, I think there's a difference between selfishness for me anyway, between selfishness and and like self-care or self-love. I mean, I, you know, for me, selfishness is about motive. Um, Sure. And I, I agree with you. I think that a lot of people are using it wrong. Yeah. And they're saying, I don't want to take an appointment at the counseling center. I don't want to be selfish. Right, right, right. right I don't want right, to. Right. I don't want to ask you for a favor because it's selfish of it's me. It's a misuse of the word, not necessarily yes. of the of the notion. Gotcha. Right? Like, yes, yeah, so I would yeah. agree with you, Gabby. I don't. I don't want to be selfish in the for real definition of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we use it wrong and and penalize ourselves or. Um, kind of sell ourselves short on meeting our needs yeah. at the risk of being selfish. Again, totally cut that out. It's not about this movie. Um, but <laughs> well, that, yeah, I that, think that, I, I think, <laughs> no, I think it is. I think it, it is. is. I, I do. I mean, this is, the, is, well, go ahead, Gabby. Go ahead. No, that's okay. No, that's I, right. I just, I just was going to say, I mean, it came out of a discussion about this movie. I mean, she's a really self-centered character. That's the whole, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and she's neurotic in that way. I mean, I, I completely, relate unfortunately but and and you know i don't think that's something that she likes about herself either it gets exhausting you know to be sure and uh um i mean but i think it's central to her her to her character and how she grew up and even the kinds of friends that she surrounds Mm -hmm. herself with i mean you know uh, and the stage of life she's at in particular i was just gonna say that yeah uh, where she is quarter life crisis kind of moment and yeah oh that concept might come back later okay oh i'm sensing i'm sensing a game connection here (laughs) (laughs) um but the the dinner scene leads to one of my favorite moments in that touching way um because it's after dinner it's you're sort of have a better understanding because the gabby hoffman character uh reveal not reveals to them but reveals to the audience that she she had an abortion um sometime in her teenage years Mm mm-hmm and uh, the they're asking questions, you know, sh- uh, questions, physical questions, but then also some of the emotional questions that, like, in- included, um, do you think about it, or or how often do you think about it, or something? And when she answers and she says, "I, I get sad for my teenage self," mm-hmm. and like what she didn't have, or what kind of what all that means, that gets me every time. And just to be clear, because our parents listen to this. <laughs> I don't mean it in the exact same way, <laughs> but I have had that thought. Sure. Like sure. with the knowing what I know now or sure. with the resources available now or whatever it is, there are times when I feel like, yeah, I just, I just, I'm going to be sad for my teenage self. Mm-hmm. So were you saying that. that, were you saying, <clears throat> were you saying that about your parents because you don't want them to think that you feel badly about your childhood? Is that where that, I, I just trying to, I, yes, I didn't, I didn't want touched. them to th- I didn't want them to think that I had had a, I had terminated a pregnancy without telling them. I, oh, okay, getcha. Okay, in my teenage years. Right, right, right. I just I just meant I related to the concept. I related to the concept. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that always I just think of that line yeah. so often. I think that's in the, the world. I think that's the 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 nugget of self growth. I think that is the line for self growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't mm-hmm. I, I? Yeah. You know, when, whenever I. You, we, we've just been talking about how <clears throat> uh, embarrassed I am that Tobin's read every single draft. I mean, like, I, I just mm. suffered. I mean, I, I just feel so embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I mean, not really, because I know, uh, you know, right. that everything's fine. But, um, but I do feel like um, um, I'm really 
at times harsh uh, when I'm moving out of one, mm. uh, I don't know, one, uh, one stage or moment. One... And, yeah, right. A stage in my life and I'm moving into the next. I, I, it's like I have to pass through this place where I'm super harsh about how how could I, you know, how could I have been so stupid? I mean, all those things. And, and lately I've been really trying to like hold space for, uh, for that person the same way I would anybody else in my life, you know? So. Yeah. 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 That's great. I like the, the phrase holding space. One of the neat things about what Jenny Slate is able to do with this character is make her, uh, and it is all of them together, but it comes a lot, I think, out of the performance that she's – I find her both incredibly neurotic and incredibly endearing, which are not necessarily like mutually exclusive things. But but there is something that she she is – you know, she has moments of being um, – very oh god i don't i don't know because maybe it's the quarter life crisis thing sometimes feel a little self congratulatory or masturbatory or you know like they're just they're kind of wallowing in that and she's able to wallow in stuff without feeling like the movie's wallowing with her in some way I, I, she 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 is able to sort of find a way through those things and 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 i i find her so compelling and endearing as both a character and i think a lot of it has to do with with who she is as an actor and the the and is able to sort of the, the broad range she's able to show us in this movie of i mean it's such, it's such a showcase for her as an actor both the the, so from like physical comedy to verbal comedy to like flirtatious, their flirtatious scenes are wonderfully funny and also mm-hmm. like, you know, um, like I really feel like there's kind of chemistry to, mm-hmm. to one degree or another going on. And then also to part, parts where she's kind of falling apart and uh, or, or self-pitying and um, she is able to, to make it all feel so organic, I think. Do you think the reason that you can stomach it or, or that it feels different is because it's the impetus is like a real problem. Do you know what I mean? Or a real, mm-hmm. not problem, but like a real real situation issue. Yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. Right. Probably. Probably the, the things, and it maybe lends the, the, some of, it makes all of the problems then feel more real as mm-hmm. opposed to just, Oh, I'm just low on money and I need to ask my parents for money. And you know, like the, dick around in New York City, New York City kind of quarter life crisis stuff that's that gets right. kind of tiresome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this 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 never suffered for that. Also, maybe because it's only 84 minutes long. I mean, it's it's you know, like <laughs> we're we're not we're not wallowing for very long. We see that she is at times, <laughs> right? But we're not. But yeah, I bet you're right. right. I bet it has to do with the fact mm-hmm. that they that the sort of central um uh, issue central thing she's she's dealing with is is a you know is is so you know, serious, significant. Mm-hmm. significant. Yeah. 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 Uh, so when I have a question for you, mm. uh, not about Jenny Slate, um, <laughs> although we could talk about it all day. <laughs> we could, we could. So I, I have a question that is borders on a critique. Of me or the movie? I like to preface my <laughs> questions. No, of the movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it relates back to something. So um, a different movie that I really loved at the time and I have not gone back to recently. So I just can't vouch for it or not currently, but for a while I so loved the movie saved. Uh huh. Uh huh. Huh. Wait, wait, wait. Is that with Mandy Moore? Mandy Moore is in it. Yeah. Um, Jenna is not Jenna Malone. Is that her last name? No idea. Mary, um, MLP, Mary Lee's Parker. Hmm. Isn't uh, one of the Culkins in it? Yes. The old eldest Culkin is in it. Um, in oh, any right. case. Saved exclamation point. Yes. 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 Um, and um, a little Patrick Fugit. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Good. And a critique I remember you having was that because it's sort of all year when she's hiding this pregnancy, it's the reverse obvious child. <laughs> um, he is pursues her and she turns him down. Um, and again, it's been a while, so I need to look back to see what I think of the dynamics of that now. But at the time, mm-hmm. then at the end, they not are together, but they are in the same room or something. And your critique was that like no young gentleman would keep like nice as he is would like keep pursuing to that extent so i'm wondering because there's a little bit of that here Mm. did you have that same thought like oh he would he would no longer be interested or he wouldn't engage any further i didn't i think because he the the number of times in this movie where he like maybe there is actually only one where he stumbles into where she is like when he when she's in her mom's apartment and he comes to return the book to her mother, who was his professor, they're not. She, he's not there trying to find her. <laughs> he just sort of stumbles into where to where she is. And I, I think even there's that one time of doing that, and the idea that this all takes place over these two weeks, or I guess maybe longer if she's she's a month, month and a half, is that um, it's a shorter window, and and the fact that they have that one in there where he's <laughs> he just sort of stumbles into it. I think that that mm-hmm. makes that feel less um, writerly. But maybe that's just me. Gabby, what do you think? Does it feel inorganic, his sort of always showing up? I guess because he's not um, – so uh, that's interesting. I feel like because he doesn't make it about him ever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, he doesn't get angry uh, at her rebuffs, you know? He, um, I don't know. I guess I don't feel that way. I feel like, uh, I feel like it moved along and for sure there are elements of the romantic comedy, right? Isn't that part of it? Like there's Mm -hmm. the meet cute, which, you know, and then all the things that follow, you know, uh, which this movie follows pretty, you know, closely. Um, that's just a, yeah. So I don't know. I guess that's an interesting question to me. I think that because of the way he played it, Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel that way. I think he was really considerate and realistic and, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It didn't make it about him. So it felt like it was more natural. I don't know. What do you think, Isla? Yeah, I was, I was on the edge. I feel like I could be persuaded one way or the other. Um, before I watched it for this discussion, I thought that more like my recollection of it was that there were maybe a couple more times um, that she had turned him down and that because, you know, they, they meet and they have their night together. Then he tracks down the bookstore. And then the next one is when he shows up at her mother's apartment and, and is like, Oh my God, I'm not stalking you. Um, it, so I, I agree. I don't think it was too much. And I would have been, up, I mean, he was. I think my I interpret him as disappointed when she leaves with David Cross, um, and I I would have been too. Like you know what I mean? He's sort of confused and like, okay, well I thought because they had momentum and then right. that just stopped it. Um, and so I I agreed with him on that one. Like, okay, if <laughs> I mean I'm not going to tell you not to do that. I don't know you that well, but like, okay, yeah, that's a great example. Fine. Like he yeah. wasn't an asshole about it. He didn't, you know. 
he didn't make it about him. He was just like, yeah, I, he just accepted her right where she was. And yeah, he was disappointed. But and so it's hard to, um, yeah, there's nothing to fight back against if that's how mm-hmm. she was just stuck with her own shit, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then she's right, had right. to realize for herself it was the wrong choice. And the line there, I love too. I can't believe I've made it this deep into this experience. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. When she's yes. in David Cross's apartment, yes. is that right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, he's so creepy in this. So, he's so great at being gross in this Smarmy. that it frightens Ugh. me. Yeah. Now, it's, yeah. Gr- it's really gross. This is my critique of this movie. And Please. I I can't, because I, mean, I, I, I love this movie. I really do. I, I think everybody should see this movie. And I think especially young people looking to make things like, you know, about mm-hmm. lo- real lives and like where they're at. And like, this is a great example of how to do that well. But it feels to me that maybe, I don't know if it's because it's David Cross, because I, I, mm. I it might be. And I, I don't even mean like, I'm bringing David Cross and what I know and think of David Cross now to this movie, but just the way he's playing it or something, it feels like it's so clear. It, it, it he feels like he's telegraphing what that moment's going to be from the beginning of that. Thing. And I, I kind of wish it was, if it was someone else who didn't telegraph that and then it developed into something where in retrospect, we're like, Oh, right. I, that we should all should have seen that. And I, I can, I can see the benefit of wanting it to be, Oh, we all know this is not a, like probably a good choice for her to make at this moment. Um, I hope or hope she doesn't, but, but it just, and, and also because I, 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 it's hard for me to see him as anything other than David Cross always has been. I just, you know, back to she's the man, uh, episode, whatever of this show. Mm -hmm. Um, I, he throws me out of all kinds of stuff because he just seems to be kind of winking at the characters and like, Mm -hmm. isn't it funny? I'm in this movie and this is my crazy character. And Mm -hmm. that, that kind of bugs me. So uh, that's the one place in the movie where I'm like, "Uh, if I'm going to watch this again soon, I'm going to maybe fast forward through this section of the movie. (laughs) I wonder, that's interesting. I wonder if, because I guess I feel the same way. And I just was thinking like, I wonder if there's a version of this movie where that isn't even a part of it, but then I'm thinking like, you know how, when you're uncomfortable, you take desperate action. You know what I mean? She yeah, just was sure. like pushed into this growth, like what just like, right. You know, to stop her brain from. And it was set up as a gathering. That's right. That's right. right you know, yeah. so there's, yeah. there's that component. I agree. I mean, from the, from the moment he started talking, I think it's very clear that he's a gross entitled asshole. Um, and I think she knows that as well, mm-hmm, but yeah. also she knows him. Right. And they've been friends or, mm-hmm. or acquaintances or whatever for, for a period of time. And I think that in that sense, kind of the comfort of that is seductive, mm-hmm. not sexually, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so I, I, I was yes. Telling her through the TV. Oh, don't do that. Go with the nice new guy. <laughs> but I totally got it. Of sure. like, there was a time when it was fun. I mean, cause I think we've had all had those moments where you're in the middle of something that is supposed to be fun and maybe used to be fun. And you're like, wait, I don't, this is not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is not what yeah. I want. Yeah. Um, so for that, I'm, I'm glad for her to, I'm glad for what it leads her to. And, and I think ultimately that the comedy set, it leads her to, um, because, you know, it's, he bumped her from that, that show that night. And I don't know, I kind of see it as important to the trajectory, but I, it's an interesting point. If it was someone that doesn't, if it's not like the celebrity cameo yes, of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. It could be different. Yeah. Um, although I think you, Richard kind is like mm. equally a cameo for me. I like, <laughs> 
I love it that he makes puppets in this because he is such a yes, puppet. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And I have a, I've just discussed this uh, recently. I have a theory that, you know, some people are just very easily translated into puppets and some people are not. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We have to pause there for just one second. You, you, you actually have a theory. Yeah, this, I haven't. Wait. It's not fully developed, but so you thought can, about this quite a bit. Oh gosh, yes, for years and years. So I can look at people and tell you if they would make a good puppet or not. Okay, that's a singular skill, Iceland. I mean, I don't know where you're going to use that. She has a lot of singular but... skills. <laughs> I have, yeah. The, the, the cell phone call for me is I have a singular set of skills. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I think some people's features are just easily translate to that medium and some people don't. You know who okay. I think would be a good puppet? Alice and Janney. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> but you know who would not make a good puppet? Who? Is um, Donna Moss. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She's not a good puppet. No. Wait, wouldn't she just be like Janice? There's a skinny Janice version of yeah. her as a puppet. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I, you know, um, uh, uh, Josh Lyman would be a great puppet. Great puppet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like this But game. not Sam Seaborn. <laughs> no, no, not Sam. Yeah, right. You're right. So in any case, <laughs> puppet or no puppet, you decide. That's not actually the game. Oh, but I love that. That um, is so wait. funny. <laughs> every oh, every gosh, once in a while. Sorry. Oh, that's it. Can you hear the dog barking, Toby? Yeah, but that's okay. Okay. Every once in a while, we'll be in a crowd and my husband will lean over to me and say, do you ever like um, picture like which football position everybody would like, you know, <laughs> no, no, I never have done that in my life, but I'm going to go home tonight and tell him that I have a version and it's this <laughs> puppet so version. Funny. Puppet or no puppet. Who, Wait, who could make a good puppet? Yeah. So I, can we talk before we move off Richard Kind? Can we say some other kind mm. words about Richard Kind? Yes. <laughs> I would like please, to talk about please. both of the parents. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I've got notes for, for um, Polly Draper too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I, are you the one who told me the story about Richard Kind and, and George Clooney? Absolutely not. Okay. Please tell me. Richard Kind oh, yeah. and George Clooney have been best friends forever. Stop it. No, no, what seriously. That? And you know how George Clooney is a prankster. Right. You know, yes. like, so they prank each other back and forth. And one of the best ones, and I've now I read this, I, I had to look this up last night because I want to make sure I got got it right. And I found three in, like three independent sources where this came from. <laughs> so one day, um, uh, George Clooney was walking down the street and found this giant, ugly painting that had been thrown away. And he <laughs> and he took it home and had, I think maybe put a new frame on it and signed it as if it was his own and then spent like. <laughs> Of months telling Richard Kind that he was painting. He was doing some paintings, taking some lessons, and then hung it on his wall for a while. And when and Richard Kind would be over, they'd be you know just having dinner, and there's the paint, this giant painting on the wall. And then after like you know six months, he gifts it to Richard Kind, oh, this ugly giant painting. And then Richard Kind hangs it on his wall for like three years before oh before Clooney tells him what that that it was all that was all a gag. So it's like long-term pranking, but apparently they are they are besties. Those which I love. I love the idea of the, the two of them uh <laughs> like running around Italy like pranking each other. That does seem an odd match. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yet kind of temperament-wise, sweet. Yeah, it feels it feels right. I mm-hmm. I so enjoyed the back and forth parent to parent um mm-hmm. particularly early, when you can meet them both over the um back to back dinner scenes yes yes that was just and, and i i think they're both i would argue they're both 
great parents, but in such different ways. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure it was, um, you know, it was meant to elicit this reaction, but like, I get that they're not together. They don't seem like mm-hmm. they're on the same mm-hmm. page, not to say that they couldn't have been at one point, but like their, you know, their lives are about very different things at this point. And so they can contribute different things right, right. to her and, and she appreciates them and is irritated by them. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a set of parents that don't appear on screen together that much. They also seem to appreciate each other. I mean, or what each other mm-hmm. brings, right? Like she, he can say to her, he can, um, Richard Kine can say to Jenny Slate, you know, talk to your mother about that. Or, you know, like that, that you're, you know, there's, there's, there, it seems, even though you're right, you can totally see how that maybe they did not at, you know, sort of end up together forever. They have a very, um, the, there's some like mutual respect back and forth, at least. Yeah, I was going to say there's respect there. Yeah, yeah. How, how, like what they can each do for the, for, for um, Donna. And she goes to them right, right. for comfort at different points. For different reasons. I mean. Yeah, which yeah. I, I loved as well. And yeah. they provide and, I mean, that, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then she calls. I don't know if I've heard it before. Um, when Jenny Slate's over at her mom's house and her mom comes around the corner, she calls her an Eileen Fisher ninja. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I laughed out <laughs> loud. I thought of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought Hopefully of your. No, no, no. Your, other people I, too. But I mean, your, your, um, that's your humor about Eileen Fisher is what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Great set of products. Love a love a nice sweater, but um, but yeah, I just that just made me made me laugh really hard. And the mom's trying, right? I mean, I don't I don't agree with her advice necessarily in the in the first half, um, but it come you know it still feels like it's coming out of a, a, an honest place. Overbearing mothers push their yeah. children. That's just <laughs> how that goes. <laughs> but then she could she was able to be real vulnerable too. Right. I mean, that's, that is a beautiful scene. I love that um, scene. And any, I don't, you know, um, not everyone has the same relationship. Um, I understand this, but the idea of crawling into bed with your mom for comfort makes complete sense to me. Absolutely. And even the way she says it, can I come in yeah. bed with you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. While she's already half undressed. Totally. She's getting undressed. I'm going, it's going to happen, you know, like move yeah. over. I, yeah. It, that's a great scene. And how, and she didn't make a big deal out of it either. I mean, that, at no point in this movie is, is, you know, any more import put on that word than any other word. I just mm-hmm. really appreciate that. So. Yeah. And the, you, and the Jenny slate, the Donna carries all of that. Like she has, What's one of the things that's neat about that scene is that she has so subsumed the um, sort of cultural uh, assumptions about how people are going to feel about abortion and how her mother's going to feel about abortion and the shame and the guilt and the, all this. Like she assumes her mom's going to what she says, yell at me and or whatever. Like she she assumes it's going to be a very negative reaction. And and that's clearly not we've seen that her mom is, as you say, is is um, she's she's working with the tools she's got in terms of mm-hmm. trying to get her daughter on what she feels like is a is a better track in her life. But that that has nothing to do with this is what's so mm-hmm. then what's so neat about that scene is it just pure tenderness from, from her mom in that way that, again, just feels very human. Yeah, that's 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 the the kind of unconditional love that parents are able to give and, and still be human, you know, like I can. I experienced the same thing, you know, uh, 
with my asshole children. You know, like uh, <laughs> it can be one from one thing to the next. You know, I can be um, lecturing on you know how they need to be doing things better, and then when something real happens, I you know that's just where you go. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. It was very. It was surprising though the first time I saw it. I remember being surprised that Polly Draper responded in that way. I wasn't expecting that, which was also nice. Yeah, that then that points to the, how we assume movies are going to go too, right? That like this is the movie scene where she confesses the thing to her mom, and her mom is upset, but maybe comes mm-hmm. around, right? And like mm-hmm. that's not what happens mm-hmm. at all. Like, that just mm-hmm. meets her right where she is and where she needs to be, and mm-hmm. you just sort of give a little cheer and like hope that all parents watch this movie, and you know, uh, um, because not everybody would, pro- not everybody might act like that, and I and I think that 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 I mean for sure, not everybody would would respond that way, and I I think that more people should. Can we go back and talk about Richard Kind for a second? I feel like we did, then we didn't. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I told a Clooney thing. We're rather talking about Richard Kind. Yes, go ahead. I just feel like, okay, I, I romanticize parents all the time. It's a flaw, but especially dads. But, um, you know, I just love the way he is with her. He says that thing about pain. What it, I don't, I had it written down at one point in time, but I don't remember what it is now. You know, just about the, the grist for the mill, that that's, the most creative energy, the, what some about energy, um, mm-hmm. the energy comes from those places in life, you know, mm-hmm. those hard places. Um, I just appreciate, uh, that kind of parent who, uh, so she's got one parent that really would like her to buckle down, but also appreciates who she is and right. her humor and mm-hmm. understands mm-hmm. that that's part of this deal. And then she has this other parent that is, um, just all in, you know, uh, which I, I mean, I just, think that that's a fantastic thing yeah i agree i um it easily could have been a different i don't know dialogue Mm -hmm. i doesn't matter um you mean like a dynamic of of him being like an unreliable goofball or something like that right thank you yes he could have been a doofy dad Right, right. Um, right. Like a, a commercial. No substance. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, the bounty commercial dad or or whatever. But um but no, he is uh <laughs> he he is silly, but he takes his art seriously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Puppets work best in heat. And takes her um, and takes her art seriously. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like clearly I think there's something yes, he wants um you know, the best for her, but I think he, I felt like in watching and that he appreciated and respected that she chose an, an artistic, artistic life mm-hmm. that maybe that's, you know, where the, the mom is going to appreciate it a little differently. But I think there's something, uh, I got the feeling that when he talks about her, it's just mm-hmm. all fantastic, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah, totally. You mean to friends and things like that? <laughs> yeah. 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 Hundred <laughs> percent. Totally. Um, and that, and I think so much like the, there's <laughs> evidence of him being so supportive in that moment where he's just completely deadpan, sarcastic. You're the weird one. You don't fit. <laughs> yeah. Like you know yeah. that that's that not getting noodle. Oh my god. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Although I, I do hate not... gross eating noises. Oh, I, I feel like how do you? Get, I, I really want to know how to write that. And I've been trying to get her scripts for years. And mm. I can't find them. Maybe Tobin, you can help me. But I, I, how do you, I want to know? Everything is so natural. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I know part of it is um, ad lib, and you know they're just like doing their thing at the time. But some of that has got to be written. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're just goofy all the time. I mean, I, I'm not with. I could never 
render how my daughter and I are together in an <laughs> accurate way because it's just constant, you know, like, yeah. So anyway, I just, well done. Yeah, well no, that's, done, a, that's yeah. a really that's good, good point. <laughs> well done indeed. Um, is there anything about the end of the movie we need to talk about before we play a game? Um, he shows up. So he shows up at her comedy. She's talking about the whole situation. Arguably, that's, you know, great or not great, depending on. <laughs> yeah, I no, I, I empathize with him. I think that is, on the one hand, she tried to get a hold of him. I always think about that. She really right. tried. Mm-hmm. She tried. But even, even that aside, she sort of had the choice to talk about that or not. Um, she did. I, <laughs> I understand why he walked away that night that like in this context, you just told me and 200, not 200. You just told me and 75 people, <laughs> 12 people, <laughs> you just told me and 12 people, um, this thing that is, you know, um, has life altering components. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he showed up the next morning and it's- okay, here's what I liked. And then I'll let you talk. Um, he showed up the next morning and then he asks her if he can go. And, but he also acknowledges the best friend who was meant to go with her and, and asks, is it okay with you mm-hmm. and you if I go? And that I really liked. Cause I felt like that's a, you know, we're in a different movie. It was just the guy shows up and she's mm-hmm. swoons, but like, no, he get that this was a plan and this was a thing. And, and I don't, I don't know. Place. I might've said, wait for me outside. <laughs> want my friend to go with me (laughs) but go ahead i I, it's an interesting thing that you said that she had a choice um in regard to her set and i do want to go back to what you said about comedy i I mean i think comedy is just as relevant and i mean i think this is the golden age of comedy 100 i mean it's just like uh so much uh to consume and um I think that she doesn't have a choice. I think that Mm. what's going, the way that her art manifests itself is that she gets up on the stage and she talks about what's going on in her life right now. I I don't, I think there's no other way to process that for her, but Mm. to talk about it on stage. So, uh, is how I feel about it. So I don't know if it was a choice, you know, that's just what happens. That's what she does. And that's part of accepting her where she is, that this is part of the deal, which the, you know, obviously the douchebag boyfriend could do. Right. And this is where the uh, – how do I say this? I – my question then is I'm watching the movie at that moment is – or not at the moment, but as, now as we're talking about it, is I don't know if I would have gone back. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I think that it's one of the neat things that, that um, really clarifies his character is that he does go back. That mm-hmm. um, she, she – with this set, she's saying not no, – she's not just telling him – the circumstances that are going on in her life. And, but she's also saying by doing that, saying this is who I am and who I'm going to be, as you're saying, Gabby, like <laughs> you're, you're going to, if you come back, you're coming back for all of this, <laughs> like mm-hmm. everything here, you know? And I think that that's maybe why it feels one of the reasons it feels so, so right that he does it or that, that they do seem to have some kind of connection at the end that, that it's not just him in some sort of pursuing her in some way. It's that at different times they're reaching out to each other and then she like lays it all out and he shows up. And I think that that's mm-hmm. sort of, um, that says a lot then about both of them. Absolutely. Yeah, well and well I, said. I, I love that he, he 
I love that he picks Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it's just my favorite. I mean, like, maybe if it wasn't Gone, I mean, like, I don't like Gone with the Wind specifically, but I love that it's like a five million hour movie. Yeah. And like, he's in it, you know, we're just going to have the day. Mm-hmm. It just has so much. And, and yeah, so, I think it's a beautiful down. way yeah. to end it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, I mean, that's, she says too, right? That's so long. He's like, well, you know, do you have a, any place to be? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, that, and that's the first time that we've seen them have a quiet moment, right? Because they're drunken at the bar and, and well, happy restaurant. neighbor times. Sh- sure. But that's with other people. I mean, sorry. I meant like, mm-hmm, um, yeah, it, alone. Intimate, yeah. alone together. Well, and at the restaurant, she's so consumed with, can, can I tell him? Should I tell him? How do I tell him that it, it's not at all restful? <laughs> it mm-hmm. feels like the, one of the first moments in the movie where her like and it's, that's not true. That's true. But it's one of the moments where her heartbeat slows <laughs> in the movie. Like it feels like she's 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 a high strung person. And mm-hmm. apart from when she's like collapsed in the box, um, they're mostly she's like, you know, uh, tr- figuring out how to deal with life. And like this point, she just gets to watch this movie and. Uh, you know, that's, that's great. Love it. Love it. Love it. In the short, he goes and buys her pads. Um, Oh yeah. I forgot. And it's like, so I really was sad that they didn't include that in the feature because it's like, I I don't even remember what the funny lines were, but you know, your diapers, ma'am, you know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. like, and they were just regular about it. And he went out and did that. And you know, that's cliche too, but it still says something, yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and yeah. it's still not what you see in most romantic comedies. <laughs> right. You hope you see right. it in, in your real life relationship, right. but it's not the part that that gets modeled in movies. <laughs> no, and it, it and should it be. should, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. So, do you guys ever do like controversial films? Like, I, or is it always because I every time I listen and I know it's going to be a love fest because I feel oh, that way. It's a I love mean, there's fest. certainly movies that we both don't like you know, once or twice right yes mm-hmm. we do we do <laughs> did you listen to aliens. the aliens episode <laughs> i feel like i did like, oh yeah oh yeah i remember now yeah 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 and but that, then you ended up liking it right or liking an aliens I, she appreciates the grinny weaver uh, yeah. for you. go ahead go ahead yeah i okay i was <laughs> dealing with two Movie expert dudes mm-hmm. who have decades of appreciation for this. And I had said what I felt like I needed to say. And then at that point, I I could I was looking for the pieces that I cared about. And I think for I it, for me, it came down just simply to representation. And, um, you know, we're just thinking about the the new Star Wars trailer and 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 women in that and the young women we are waiting in line to see them to Captain Marvel to Wonder Woman to all these times where it's so important to see a strong woman on the screen so mm-hmm. for that i ended it peacefully um and then one <laughs> recently the <laughs> we did um one recently we came down on on different sides but like not different ends of uh, the, like the whole the, spectrum of yeah. it. We were close together. We were just on different, you know, perspectives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, 
Clearly, we've got some things in common. We, we try to drop in ones that we might disagree about or ones that like Twilight where we don't know, like where we don't like the movie necessarily. That is so funny that like, you that, that we That we try and drop those in every every few, but also we want to watch mm-hmm. movies that we like. like <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing for barbed wire. Oh, yeah. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Because I forget if it was written or directed by a woman. Um, and I just... With this lens, I absolutely want to see it and talk about it. I'm from a movie lens, you know, just a, a pure, is this a good movie? I'm sure the answer is no, but I'm just curious. I've never seen How many it. steps we took back, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Although I um, have to say, yeah, it's funny that you bring up Twilight, Tobin, because I, I I wanted to talk to Iceland about that. I don't know if you remember me telling you that, but um, about I mean, the movie or the podcast? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About the movie. Uh, well, no, I mean both. Just, oh, just your yeah. thoughts on the you, your thoughts and Tobin's thoughts on on the relationship in the movie. Oh my god! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, maybe not for right now, but um, <laughs> yeah. Or so maybe, uh, next, I don't know. Next time yeah. I'm in Montana, let's Good. let's yeah. have a drink and and talk about all the things about <laughs> Twilight. But that I also have a shirt from Forks, Washington, that says. <laughs> something cutesy with fangs on it like i really yeah i appreciate that about you more than i can express <laughs> Aww, thanks i also one of my i'm a, a sucker for a good tote bag and my favorite tote bag i had in that era was magenta and it was um like vinyl teeth but vampire teeth with braces on them okay and I thought that exemplified like the whole damn thing <laughs> right this is all tween hormone something taking over the world mm-hmm. and I like and my dog ate that topic <laughs> so sorry to hear that I I think he either didn't get it or he yeah. got it so much you know <laughs> in any case do you want to play a game yes yeah okay this game is called indie darling <laughs> There are critiques, I think, to be made here that we didn't um, about indie movie stereotypes and tropes. Mm -hmm. So what I would like us to do today is make an indie movie bingo card (laughs) for everyone. I I will provide a couple examples and the center square. And so that we understand what we're doing. Okay, okay. And then I will ask each of you to come with come up with two additional squares so that we have a five, like we have a bingo. Okay. Okay. Then I would encourage our listeners to tweet us with other indie bingo ideas so that in the end we can have a full five by five, 25 card. But tonight we're just gonna go for the first bingo. Nice. So um, it was mentioned a couple of times, but like I just put so many white people, <laughs> not necessarily an indie, but and, and and it also that shows all kinds of things about me that that the indie movies that I have seen are more often um, pretty, pretty whitewashed. But that's one. I also think um, an, an indie trope is this uh, positive or poverty in the foreground, affluence in the background. Like, like, I don't have li- any money, right, like, yeah. but my mom mm-hmm. does. I mean, that seems like a very, it's been a long time since I've seen Francis Ha, but like that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But my center square, we've said several times, is quarter life crisis. 
It's this <laughs> late 20s. What am I doing with my life? That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, right, so if quarter life crisis is the center square, um, what are some other bingo squares for indie movies? And it could be whether this movie is guilty of them or not, but as inspiration. Um, I would say cable knit sweaters could be a square. Bookstores for sure. Bookstores. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, good Use one. bookstore. Hundred percent. I'm writing this down. We're making this part. So this isn't so much a game as it is like sourcing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of game I like. Uh, right. How about, okay. yes, how about a, it's a playful moment? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um that just took all the romance out of it for you. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> We don't have to define everything. Yeah, and this is we should, well. Okay, God, now what I was just going to do. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to say. Who are you going to do? Go, go, go. Well, I was going to say we are we are talking. So we're talking specifically about a sort of contemporary American indie films. It's a it's a type. Yes, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is right. what I mean. Right. Yes. Selena Dunham type, right. which right? are the ones that yes. get distribution and go to Sundance and yeah, like yes. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's the, it's the Greta Gerwig yep. model. I love it. It's I the Joe Swanberg. It's the right. I got a name um, for you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yes, I think, um, yeah, I want to, uh, I would love also if folks tweeted at us uh, things that are defying this genre, for sure. But I'm just yeah, saying, I know what you're going if for. I had yeah. to make a critique, it would be the things that fit into that yeah. mold that I feel like I've seen before. For sure. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, it's really quarter life crisis independent films is right, what you're talking right. about specifically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hence the center square. square. I love it. That's okay, good, good. That's good. 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 That's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we need so we need to think about need some more. Two yeah, more. Yeah. Okay, so privilege is like too big a that doesn't really count, right? Cuz yes, we're talking about factions of privilege, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So like a, a big huge New York loft that is your parents. That's definitely. Yes. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or something. Yeah. Young, whiny urbanites. I don't know. Yes. This is a. That could also be the title of the bingo game. <laughs> or the movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we're going to make this then, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> once, we, once we get the once we get the the bingo, you got to make the movie. I mean, there's a couple that this because I I looked to see what other people's lists had. There were some things that this movie certainly doesn't have: car accidents and dead parents were mm. tropes that yeah, they sure. came up with that that we don't have here but like i don't know does this have an unruly beard in it no but you could imagine I find one no 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 it does on david cross oh right good call oh my god yes <laughs> it's hideous that's yeah. a good call that's a good call and you could imagine the version of this that where the the jake lacy character is that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Max, where Max, Max had a, you know, like had a a, a, a hipster beard. Sure, he could have. He could have been a, a lumber lumber sexual. I feel like <laughs> I really feel like I have to say that that in fairness, this all for me gets balanced out by dirty underwear and oh. pooping in front of your friend and, and I like agree. all of these things. Just yeah. It, oh, it, absolutely. This is not meant to detract no, no, no. from this. It's meant to kind of settle it in why it's great even within the it's, subgenre it, that, to which it belongs. Absolutely. I th- you're right. I, I, I say that only in that um, a lot of other quarter life crisis independent films do not have that element. Agreed. Working for them. Right. So. Agreed. I would say an ar- artistic profession 
For sure. Right. Would be one. Coffee. Which will often go hand in hand with the sort of bohemian lifestyle versus the corporate parents or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or sometimes blue collar parents or, you know, but mm-hmm. like a, some p- p- parents with a profession. Right. <laughs> um, another Wine out of mason jars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, retro clothing. Ooh. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Mason jar wine. Okay. Anyone have a grand finale? Hmm. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on it. Oh, no. Oh, um, someone, (laughs) someone who can play, someone playing a, 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 an unusual musical instrument. Ooh. Like so-and-so in the background playing the saw violin or whatever. And somebody Mm -hmm. like playing the clarinet on the rooftop or whatever. Was that something in this movie? No, no, no. This is just like from no, indie just film. In general. Just like in general. Okay, indie yeah, film yeah, bingo. Yeah. And this, this, that, and that's why I think this movie would like, like, not win. You wouldn't win right. indie right. bingo with this right. movie. You might win it. Would it would be with, a spotty bingo card. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I have a movie that can win this bingo game. We'll play it later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will type up what we've said here. And again, I encourage listeners to tweet in. Um, to help us create this indie bingo card, and then I will put it up for consumption in the world. So drink, drink your wine out of a mason jar. Um, smoke a, a hand rolled cigarette of some kind, if if you want. Um, and there is a there is a like a, a marginalized people kind of thing. There's a there's a a, a token marginalized yes, yes. Yeah. Story yes, 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 yes. Yeah. good mm-hmm. right Sorry. the gay best friend or the black best friend or the exactly. hispanic best friend or somebody's best friend has got to be from a marginalized 100%. group yeah yeah yep good call mm-hmm. i love it all right thank you for playing thanks Iceland. good game good game the game where really everyone no wins. pressure at all <laughs> thank you so i'm gonna give us a ding because we we did i think we did well on that game yeah we yeah. did thank you for indulging me Now is the time in the podcast where we decide whether this movie is progressive or regressive. Is this a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? What are your closing thoughts, Gabby? Certainly it is. Yeah. I'm just going to say yeah. Okay. Isla, what about you? Agreed. I I love this main character and I love the way she's played. I love the uh, the writing behind it and I... I feel like I can sense the collaboration of it, but that could be me, you know, having listened to the commentary and seen the short and all that. But I love taking um, a beautiful idea for a short and seeing it into uh, a feature length film that um, was something it had a pretty ridiculous Rotten Tomatoes when it came out, at least. Um, So good on them. Tobin. I agree with Everything that's been said before, I would add, I love the New York locations. Some of us have shot in my old neighborhood, and it looks like it, and it made, made me a little nostalgic for New York. Uh, that's neither Aww. progressive nor regressive, but it's something that I enjoy about this movie. But yes, 100% progressive. Eyes on what are we going to watch next? <laughs> well, Tobin, apparently, uh, my wishes do come true. <laughs> and um, next up, we will be discussing 1996 Barb Wire. Coming to you in two weeks on May 14th. So get ready for that. I don't know where I'm going to find it, Anderson. (laughs) I will. Yes. So, all right, folks. Buckle up. Um, Gabby, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you if they would like to find you? Would you like to be found? 
No. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, like I have <laughs> Facebook and Twitter, but I am on a moratorium because I just can't stop getting jealous of other humans. So it's not good for me. I can't do it with impunity. So I just have to not do it at all. All right. I mean, yeah. So not worth it s- for me. Send, <laughs> send us anything you'd like to say about how fun Gabby was as a guest and I'll, we'll you. share it with her. <laughs> If you have praise, yes, through Tobin. Is great. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, so Tobin, where can people find you to say nice things uh, about Gabby? They can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Tobin Addington. At all times. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, you can find me uh, sometimes <laughs> at SassyNerdMT on Twitter. And you can find us at on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington. Uh, you can hear Sean Flynn on uh, the episode previous, this, no, the episode before this one, Captain Marvel. Sean joins us for a game. We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am Tobin Addington. I'm Gabby Patterson. I'm Aislinn Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I am Aislinn Addington. And I am Tobin Addington. I do want to take that again. I really, really okay. do. Thank you for your generosity. <laughs> 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 okay. I thought you were going to save that for Love and Basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs>